Well, hey there. Good morning, Akron Alliance. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, hope you can make it today, and we thank you for being here this morning. I'm Melvin Gaines. This is for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. I just want to make sure that we're all getting together now and getting ready and getting in the moment of praise for Sunday school. So what we'll do right now is listen to music presented by the praise team. Uh, Great Are You, Lord, by Eddie James. And so while we allow people to jump on with us, we will uh, uh, play the music. Thanks for being here this morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Arlen. It's time to take a deep breath and de-stress. Good morning, Cindy. Once again, as a reminder, I can't see everybody's name pop up. I can only see the ones that come on my screen. Uh, my bride is acknowledged. She can't see them all either, so... We appreciate you uh, being here with us, and thank you for being here. So not like I'm neglecting anybody. That's how weird the weather is. It's actually sunny outside here right now. rain later today. I see that. That's the way it's looking. But we will make, carry on to the best we can. Temperature is actually going to be up to 78 degrees outside by 11 a.m. So we're going to be inside today just for making sure everybody's clear on that. actually getting very warm. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Laura. Morning, Angie. Happy birthday. A couple of days late, but happy birthday. Morning, too. 
Good morning, Roscoe. God bless you. Thank you. Good morning, Ann and Larry. Another glorious day in the Lord. Good morning. God bless you. Hey, Arella. Yep, happy Father's Day. Amen. Good lesson today. Thank you. Nate Riles. Are you back in are you back in town or are you are you traveling? Jackie, thank you. Happy Father's Day indeed for everybody. Everybody, it's a great day. It's a great day to be alive. Eddie James uh, doing Great Are You Lord. Apparently he was traveling, was in Nigeria when he did that music. Uh, but it was, uh, it's beautiful. And I, I thank you again, Arlen, for your uh, providing uh, music like this for us to be able to get started and get into the mood of being able to praise and worship the Lord. A few announcements to make. First of all, we will be indoors today. We have, it was amazing how much back and forth we were doing this morning. Um, where there was rain in Akron and then it stopped raining and the issue came down to being able to set up and make sure we could not ensure that there would be additional rain coming. Even though in the forecast right now there is no rain, we know that there are what things called pop-up showers that uh, can kind of ruin everybody's uh, uh, outdoor experience, if, especially those who set up the equipment. So uh, it looks like we'll be indoors today. And that's that's the way it goes. It's 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 unfortunate. Uh, we try to make maximize these outside experiences that we can, but cannot risk losing equipment. Uh, it is not waterproof, so it'll be, it'll be inside today, and I trust that uh, you'll dress comfortably nonetheless, because it's going to be it's going to be a little warm. And um, tell them to turn on the air conditioning in the church uh, now, please. Oh, okay. Update. Pastor just called. We are outside today. Well, they're going <laughs> to thank you for the update. We're outside today. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you the outside speech now. Stay tuned. 
Yeah, stay tuned. I'm going to give you the outside speech now, since we're outside today. Uh, we are going to out, be outside in the back patio area, back patio, back parking lot area. Uh, you are encouraged, if you want to, to bring, dress comfortably to be outside. Bring your lawn chairs. Uh, you can sit outside and bug spray. and bring your bug spray just in case because I think uh, we've got active bugs this year. Um, so keep that in mind. So we are outside. There you go. So <laughs> I apologize for being back and forth with this thing here, but uh, unfortunately there are a lot of dynamics that go on behind the scenes that I am not I'm not privy to all the things that are happening. But I know that. Um, it just takes a lot to set up outside. So we just want to make sure that we're uh, committing and we're going to go that route. And the forecast does not have precipitation. Um, so we're, we're going to go with that, and apparently, and that's what we're going to do. So outside, outside. Um, so Arlen is heading up to church now, I believe, I believe to try to set up. So Because he had called off the setup crew. And, uh, hey, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Listen, this thing kind of went back and forth. Uh, we were all a little bit rushed this morning, so no worries. So outside today, that was the plan originally. We're going to stick with that plan now, and we're going to move forward. Um, please remember your tithes and offerings. Uh, make sure that you're mailing those tithes and offerings to uh, Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, for those of you who are not coming. Akron, Ohio, 44320. For those of you who are not coming to uh, church, that's where you mail it. Uh, for those of you who are coming to church, and uh, thank you for flexibility for all, on all parts here. Uh, if you are coming to church in Akron, um, please use the drop box in the lobby area. Uh, pardon me, drop box will be outside um, since we're outside today. So there's a lot going on here. So I apologize for any uh, confusion uh, that I'm causing, but I don't mean to. Uh, there will be a message online after Sunday school today. Uh, it is uh, Pastor Gus's Father's Day message. Uh, it is essentially a Father's Day message uh, by Pastor Gus Brown. Uh, we're gonna, uh, it's going to be tagged for 2021 for this year. But uh, if you are not coming to church today and you want to see today's message, it will be available in the timeline here uh, online after Sunday school. So you'll see it. It is pre-recorded, yes. That's a pre I always forget to say pre-recorded. I put it down and I forget. It's a pre-recorded message. The same message will be available for you live coming to church today so uh, please make a note of that as well too it's a very very good message and i would say it's a message too to pass on to those of you who know people who are a little bit younger who are, are just kind of uh still wondering what it is to be a father and what that really means when you're talking about uh having a relationship with a a, a woman talking about marrying somebody and now the responsibility that comes with that is usually fatherhood so it's a good message to pass on to others as well too who are uncertain about what it really means to be a father but it's very simple it's simple it comes down to just being obedient to god and uh, following his lead as far as the role and the responsibility that a father should have so that is uh, essentially what the message is going to be about so I, I encourage you to pass this on as well too to others and we thank you again for uh just being with us today there's so much going on miss laura i i wanted to pass on uh, uh thank you for you're joining us online as well, too. Uh, God bless you. Uh, 100 uh, is the, the number. Uh, 100. Uh, that's never a, tell a lady's age. I ne oh, I blew that. Well, somebody was yelling at me uh, in the restaurant yesterday saying, you should take her picture and send it to Al Roker and have him give a shout out there. So that would be, that would be kind of a bit too much to do. 
don't. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, okay. Good morning, Marnell. Uh, thanks for being here this morning. I believe I've covered the announcements. Thank goodness. Uh, there, it's, it's, a, it's a lot today. Uh, boy, I can hardly stand it. So we're going to get back into the um, book of Philemon. Uh, Philemon chapter 1, verses 13 through 25. We're going to close out Philemon with a really good study and a really good uh, view into Paul's communication with Philemon and his appeal for Onesimus. Pardon me? It's a Philemon chapter 1, verses 13 through 25. There's one chapter, but verses 13 through 25. 1, verses 13 through 25. And I trust you're all having a good day today. Uh, the weather is uh, very nice, uh, at least right now where we are, and it's sunny outside and it's pretty, and I trust that you're going to enjoy your Father's Day. I see packages are even being dropped off right now, so it's uh, people are out and working and doing all kinds of things. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, even though it's Sunday, things are always happening, I suppose. Um, let's go ahead and get into today's lesson, and I pray that uh, we, first of all, calm ourselves a little bit and slow down and take a deep breath or two because we've just had a little bit of running this morning before we even got online here, and um, I just thank the Lord for everything that he is doing. Uh, God bless you uh, for being here. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we just thank you for just this moment where we can just take a moment to just slowly calm ourselves and allow the Spirit to speak to us now in a calming fashion, just to be able to hear you speak to us with your word, with your truth. And Lord, as we listen to you, that you encourage us, you enlighten us, you help us through these moments where we just sometimes go through some uncertainty. But we thank you for all that you're doing with us. That's all that you're doing for us as well, too. Lord, we're on this journey with you, this journey of learning more about you, learning more about your word, more about how you're trying to teach us and encourage us. And, Lord, we thank you that you have given us the ability just to focus on you and just shut out all the things that are just causing disturbances in our lives, those things that aren't helpful, those things that aren't beneficial. I pray, Lord, that you help us through and continue to encourage us. And, Lord, we thank you for moments where we need healing as well, too, not just physical but spiritual healing. We just give you praise and thanks for all that you're doing for us. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Philemon chapter 1, verses 13 through 25. I trust that the study last week when we covered the first 12 verses was beneficial for you. We, um, we had a great discussion here about Philemon, and we're going to continue it and close out this section. And this is where it gets more into detail about the reason why Paul was writing the letter to Philemon in the first place. And it was to try to get uh, uh, make sure that Philemon welcomed back Onesimus because he was being sent back to Philemon. And let's go ahead and look at the text. I'm going to read the text. It is in the New Living Translation. And one of the things we need to see here, too, is that 
there is a, a real important lesson in this letter. And it's being written to someone in authority, by the way. Remember, Philemon is in charge of the church that he operates out of his own home, the Colossus Church. So we're talking about a person from one authority to another authority, and we're making an appeal in that, in that manner. And there are lessons here that I want us to make sure that we're covering. Let's start with verse 13, New Living Translation, reading through to verse 25. Verse 13, I wanted to keep him here with me while I am in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that he could so that you could have him back forever. Verse 16. He is no longer a slave like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. Verse 19, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, and I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Verse 20, yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. One more thing, please prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Okay, that is the passage. Philemon, closing out uh, chapter, well, it was one chapter, verses 13 through 25. Now, we need to understand, first of all, the lessons that are being taught here, especially that have to do with reconciliation. Uh, this is something that we need to understand that there's a lot of principles here that are principles in our own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The reconciliation aspect is, is, is very, very key here, where Paul is asking uh, Philemon to reconcile with Onesimus uh, based upon the previous relationship that uh, they had and now it is a new relationship that they're having. That's exactly what God has done with us through Jesus Christ. He has reconciled us to him and we are no longer part of the old group of people that we used to be before we became believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but we're a new group. We are the new believers in Christ. We have a new way of operating. We have a new way of doing things. We have a new way of understanding things. We have a new way of seeing things because the Holy Spirit has shown these things to us. So how important is it for us to see and understand what Paul is saying here to Philemon about Onesimus? It's the same principle that we need to live when it comes to our own relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's rooted in obedience. It's rooted in faith. It's rooted in trust. And that's what we need to understand here about this whole situation. Philemon has to trust Onesimus. Philemon has to have faith in the God that he serves and trust that he is the one who is giving this 
information to him through Paul. These are all things that need to be taking place in this letter. So let's go back to verse 13. And I wanted to cover that again and give you some information that's very, very helpful too as far as understanding uh, the name Philemon and what it represents and the name Paul and what it represents. Uh, Not Paul, Onesimus, excuse me. Back to verse 13. I wanted to keep him here with me while I I am in these chains for preaching the good news and he would have helped me on your behalf. So Onesimus had this relationship with Paul where he was visiting him in prison and Paul led him to the Lord. And Paul has given him, uh, and, and so that made Onesimus immediately a useful person because of his relationship in Jesus Christ. Uh, not so much because of what he had done before, but what, who he was now as a new believer. So let's start with this. There had to be forgiveness here that had to take place. Forgiveness is what we want to do. We want to treat others as the way we would like to be treated. And this is what Paul was appealing to Philemon to do. Um, You still need to be kind about it. You still need to be genuine in your forgiveness. And so that's something, if somebody wrongs you, uh, the most important thing that we can do as believers is forgive them. It doesn't change their behavior necessarily, but it's more about you forgiving because God indeed has given you the ability to forgive anyone who does wrong to you because of what he has done for us on the cross. Onesimus means useful. That is the play on words that was mentioned earlier. The name Onesimus means useful. And so Paul did that play on words to uh, show that while Onesimus was not very useful in the past, he is indeed a useful person, and he has now, because of his life as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, he is going to be useful when he returns. And he was asking Philemon to accept him back, not only as a foreign, forgiven, runaway servant, but also as a brother in Christ. Now, I want to drop down here because we need to deal with some realities about the day that this is being written in. And, of course, there's application today because we want to make sure that we understand that the the world we live in is anything but perfect. It's it's Satan's domain. Um, drop down to verse, well, let's do 14 first. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. And then verse 15, it seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer a slave, like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So I just read through to verse 16. Slavery was widespread throughout the Roman Empire. It was, there were, different accounts that I have read, there were up to a million slaves in the Roman Empire around this time. And if you can imagine that, a million slaves, that is something that, um, it's not that hard to comprehend because that was the nature of um, how things were done. There were relationships there. There were definitely class statuses. There were things that were done in that manner. Um, so that's not hard to believe that there were a million of them, I guess, if you really look at it. But in those very early days, and this is for practical purposes for this discussion, and you can debate about this, pray about this, look at it for what, it, what it's worth, but Uh, One commentary says that Christians didn't have the political power to change the slavery system back then. 
that is in all accounts true. They didn't. They did not have that ability because they were a very new movement. They were just gathering steam and getting believers in their midst. And we were talking about going up against authorities that were in place. And yes, God can bring down any authority who is not being obedient to him. But the reality is, is that for the purposes of this discussion, um, it did not. It was not practical at that point to try to change that system because it would undermine and upend a lot of different things. Is that right? No, probably not. But the reality is, is that that's what we we look at here. But there's more to this than just that. Um, first of all, we we always want to come back and say, the Bible does not condone slavery. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it, it doesn't condemn it either. But it doesn't condone it. It's dealing with the reality of the audience that is being written to here and but we need to understand that while paul didn't condemn or condone it he did work to do what transform relationships the thing about this whole relationship thing between master and slave or master and indentured servant the paul was taking the high road the high road is that he was looking to the lord to be the one to be the mediator between these men, these individuals. And it doesn't mean that just because someone is working in your household that you can't treat them right because that's being spoken about over and over in Scripture. We'll look at that in a little bit uh, further here. But it's about transforming relationships. The Bible, the good news of Jesus Christ, is the one who can change these social structures by changing who? The people within these social structures, the people, the very people that we're talking about here. Take a look real quick. Um, hold your finger where you are in Philemon. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And I think it's important for us to see that you know, no one is con condoning slavery. No one is saying that slavery is, is a good thing because it's not because you're forcing someone to work against uh, in many cases against their will and, and they're not getting paid for what they're doing and it may it can be it can be very demeaning um, what you and say abusive. and abusive yes absolutely but see now what Paul is teaching here is that uh, there's no need to be abusive there's no need to be a demeaning there is no need to treat anyone in that manner because it's about a transformation of the mindset of a person now Philemon had to understand that because of his role in the church he had to recognize that, and I'll, I'll mention something to you later as I get further down in the passage that was a very interesting point that Paul made about uh, to Philemon directly about himself. But look what it says in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 20, and we're going to read through to verse 24. Now, again, this is a statement that's, this is being written in Corinthians. It's being written to a different audience here, the Corinth, Corinth church. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Now, now watch what it says here very closely. Were you a bondservant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. Verse 22. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freedman of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. Now, 
This is being addressed to those who are free and those who are servants. And the bottom line is that no matter whether you were called to be free or slave, you still have one master. You still have one person to look to, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you're serving Christ, whether you're free or whether you're uh, a slave. You're a slave. You are free in Christ, of course, but you're still serving him. You are representing him. And you serve him by being obedient to him. So that's where we have to look at that there. There's another passage to look at. The um, Bible is very consistent. It, 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 there's something we need to see here about the consistency of this message too. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, verses 5 through 9. And this is now directed both to the servants, bond servants, and the masters as well too. And look at what it says here in Ephesians. This is now written to another church. Again, slavery is common. So we're dealing with this issue as it comes up for each particular group. Now is the church in Ephesus we're reading about. Bond servants, starting verse 5. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Verse 7. Rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. In other words, you're doing the work, whether in secret or publicly, for the Lord, even as a servant, even as a bond servant. And then verse 8, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Here's a, here's a very important clue for everybody to see. Whether you are a servant, a bond servant, or whether you're a master, you're serving the Lord. And the Lord is going to recognize what you do, no matter what position you're in. And it's exactly the same for the master. Look what it says in verse 9. Masters do the same to them. Stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Now you see that? The words back to the master are the same thing. You treat that person the way you want to be treated. You don't treat them harshly. You, if they're doing the work for you and they're serving you, uh, you should be saying, okay, uh, I'm not going to threaten them. Um, I'm going to treat them the way they should be treated. And remember that God is the one that you have to answer to, the master in heaven. Uh, because we all have to serve someone. Amen? We all are servants of someone. Whether we are slave or free, uh, the freedom comes in Jesus Christ. We are to look to him to be our inspiration, no matter what we're doing or what we're involved in, whether we are in public or private, we are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it comes down to. Now, we can't get stuck on the fact that, yeah, okay, well, there were still slaves. Well, we already know that. There were slaves. Slavery was around long before the writings of this stuff. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's been that way for a long time. So we, we recognize that that's part of this whole thing, but we need to go further than just looking at the slave-master relationship. It's now about being a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what we do. Okay, so for what it's worth, let's look at that. Let's look at a passage here, Colossians 3, 22. One more, Colossians 3, 22. We are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what 
what status we're, we're in, whether we have a lot of money or a little, we're still serving the Lord Jesus Christ, too. That's the other thing to remember. Because just like that, a person who is blessed to have something, they can be taken away right away. Um, and, and vice versa. So we need to keep that in mind, too. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's another one. This is written to the church of Coloss. Another example of what we were referring to before. Uh, Colossians 3:22. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So you can see that that passage was literally repeated to this church that was given to the, the, the church at Ephesus. It's the exact same, very close to the same wording. Verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. Verse 25, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Now that's written for anybody and everybody. And then chapter 4, verse 1, masters treat your bond servants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Okay. So the same principle. These are the master-slave relationships that were dealt with in Scripture with very, very pointed comments to both those who are bond servants and those who are free. And that's what we need to understand here. Back to verse 16 uh, in Philemon uh, chapter 1. Again, Paul speaking to Philemon. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So what a difference this is in Onesimus' status as a Christian and what that means to both Paul and to both and to Philemon as well, too. No longer a slave. Now he's a brother. Now he's a brother in Christ. That is what we need to take away from here. Now that meant that both Onesimus and Philemon were members of God's family. They were equals in Christ. No longer just, I'm a bondservant, I'm a master. They were equals before Christ because of their relationship. A Christian's status as a member of God's family transcends all other distinctions among believers. All of them. Status, um, height, weight, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. You're all the same under the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a question for you to answer for yourself. Do you look down on any fellow Christians? That's a very serious question. So now we're going beyond this bond servant and master role, and now we're looking at perhaps no one in our midst, of course, is a bond servant, but now, but do you still look down on other Christians? Do you look down on them because of behaviors? Well, personalities are different. Something's not meshing right with you. You don't have a, uh, you know, you can't have good conversations. Well, I'm going to challenge you on this is that everybody who is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is equal under Christ. We all have the same standing. No one is favored over the other. No one is better than the other. If Christ is saying that every believer is the same, then that's the way you should treat other believers as well, too. They are the same under Christ. Now, do they have quirks? Do they have personality? Sure, but we're not talking about that, are we? We're talking about their status under Jesus Christ. Um, we need to understand that if Jesus says we are free in Christ, we are free indeed. That's everyone. And that freedom has nothing to do with your status in society. The freedom is in the relationship that you have under Jesus Christ. 
you are free to live for Christ, no matter what your status is. We need to treat people in that same manner. You are equals before the Lord Jesus Christ. How you treat your brothers and sisters in Christ's family reflects your true Christian commitment. Now, if you found yourself to mistreat people who are supposedly believers in Christ, you need to repent. There is, a, there is an opportunity for repentance here where you just need to ask the Lord to forgive you because you're treating that person differently than the Christ, the way Christ treats that person. Now, do we all have personal accountability under Christ? Absolutely, we certainly do. We, we all have to be accountable under Christ because of our own behaviors, our own actions, the things that we do. So here's your moment of personal accountability. If you've been mistreating people, if you've been talking down to people, if you've been behaving in such a way where you are doing anything but being kind to them, being generous, and, and frankly giving benefits to the doubt in, in many areas, uh, you need to repent and, and ask the Lord for forgiveness because that is exactly what is necessary as reconciliation. 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 You're reconciling with your brother and sister. You're having good conversations with them. You're asking uh, for forgiveness, frankly, for behaviors. If you were not, if they recognize your behavior wasn't all that good, it's time for you to repent, and it's time for you to give that to the Lord and make sure that you're doing everything you can to show that you are truly uh, uh, an equal member in the body of Christ, just as your brother and sister are. True Christian commitment means living for Christ and being equal. And that's what Paul is telling Philemon here. You're ahead of the church. You're in charge. You're the one who people look to for leadership. You're the one uh, people are looking for as far as inspiration when it comes to God's word. And that's what you have to do. You have to treat everyone equally and fairly and that includes your own household the people in your own household he is setting the example that's exactly right so how wonderful would it be when he brings people back people back and see they say onesimus is now a brother in christ and not just a bond servant what kind of an example do you think that sets for the church it was set a, a fantastic example that's exactly what people need to see and onesimus in his part had to grow he had to do some things differently. Um, we're looking at the act of the covenant of grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this is. Because before we became believers, we were worthless, just as what uh, Paul was saying about Onesimus and how he was at one point. He was worthless because he wasn't obedient. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. He wasn't doing what he was called to do. And now he is more than uh, he is more than worthy of being a brother in Christ for these two men because he is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to see that and understand that. Okay. I hope, I hope that this is meaningful for you from the standpoint of really looking at what God is doing to make sure that relationships are changed. Even when the status of the individual still remains in place. Relationships can indeed change and be beneficial, and there can be good discussion and conversation between those of different statuses, people of different statuses. Um, had I heard a conversation uh, yesterday uh, when I was in Barnes & Noble. I was listening. Uh, these guys were a little loud because they, they just happened to be a few tables over, but they were kind of talking about stuff that was personal. And But it was a black man and a white man. It was a great conversation, very cordial, very respectful just talking about families, talking about 
life in general, talking about neighbors and uh, one neighbor who was unruly and the, the black man had to talk this neighbor down and from being uh, uh, getting upset at, with uh, someone who was cutting their grass and all that stuff. Unfortunately, I hear a lot of stuff that I don't want to hear, and I had to put my headphones in after a while because it was a bit much. So um, that happens. But but the good thing about those conversations, uh, that conversation that was taking place yesterday, was that it did does give an image and a view of what the world would be like if people would just not pay attention to all of the negative rhetoric out there. Just just be a brother or a sister in Christ with other people. Just there, there will be differences. There will be misunderstandings. There will be things that will take place. But ultimately, what it comes down to is that you serve the Lord Christ. You serve the Lord Jesus Christ in spite of those differences. And, and that can carry the day in virtually every single situation that you're in. So I, I'm praying that you take advantage of this t- opportunity right now to get to know your neighbors. This is, if, if there is not a better time to get to know your neighbors, this is it. Um, we, a lot of us are still at home working. We're, we're still uh, hanging around our homes a lot. We see our neighbors coming in and out of their houses. Talk to your neighbors. Say hello to them. Introduce yourself. A neighbor came running down the driveway because we walked by. Someone we've known for a little while. I forgot your names. I can't remember your first names. And so we gave them our names. And uh, it was really, really uh, nice to be able to do that. Just get into conversations with people. That's what Christ can do in your life if you're interested in doing those things. Because as sure as if you start praying about, Lord, help me to meet some people in my neighborhood, guess what the Lord's going to do? He's going to open that up for you. He's going to allow that to happen. So pray in earnest because if that's what you want, that's what you'll get. Uh, He will definitely do that for you. And he wants to show you off before others for those who are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to do that. He wants you to show off for him and represent him in everything that you're doing. Um, Not in a braggadocious way, in a way where you're truly serving the Lord Jesus Christ by being nice, being kind, being gentle, being considerate. In a world like this, that's a tough thing to do nowadays. That's why I've always been encouraging people, turn off the TV in, in some instances. Don't watch all the stuff that's on TV that's negative. People don't really, really want to see that anymore. It's not about a denial. <clears throat> we already know it's there. We don't need to keep seeing it over and over again. What we need to do is live, live for Christ and do so living before others for Christ. Let's go back to Philemon. I, I trust that that's making a difference, what we're talking about here. And this particular relationship where, where Paul is appealing to Philemon to accept Onesimus, welcome him back, Look what it says in verse 17, going back to the passage. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. And then look at verse 19. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I I have it in caps here in my passage because whenever uh, a letter is being written and typically um, Paul is taking the time where he has people who write things for him, he's writing this with his own hand. I will repay it. And I won't mention that I, that you owe me your very soul. Now, that's kind of made me smile when I read that because it's kind of a, it's kind of a sly way of making a comment uh, about Philemon's responsibility to Paul. But we'll get to that in a moment. Just a smidge. It was, a, it was kind of an interesting and humorous 
<laughs> it was an interesting and humorous thing there. Um, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Gaines made her uh, comment there. So, but let's go back to this verse 17. So Paul called Philemon his partner, but he didn't mean a partner like as in a business sense. Even though they were operating for the church, it wasn't in that in that way. He was talking about a partner in grace. Philemon is a partner in grace. Grace. Remember what we said earlier about grace. What does Jesus Christ does do for us? He extends us grace. He has extended us grace all through our lives. If if we don't see that. And we don't recognize that and understand that you are really missing out on on the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's grace. Grace is what we need to understand here. If Paul and Philemon are sharing the same experience about being saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, they were equals in that sense. But they also need to recognize that now they have a responsibility to also reflect the same grace um, that Christ extended to them. Um, they're equals in Christ, and we need to understand that um, th this comment kind of is true. It, it, it's not really a, a falsehood. It's, it's definitely true where sometimes the relationships in the church that we have, even though we know that we're supposedly all equal under Christ, sometimes we just tolerate folks, which is probably not as far as we can go in our relationships with them. We need to make sure we're doing more than tolerating people. Um, I just mentioned earlier about personalities being different and, and, and people just kind of, maybe even people are very shy sometimes. They don't speak very well. They don't speak up very well. And so we need to understand that sometimes we need to meet people, maybe extend beyond going halfway, but go a little bit further and just make sure that that person feels welcome. Make sure that person is, is at least being recognized we don't want to just tolerate people. We want to make sure that we have room in our heart to welcome people in our church, to make them feel warm and welcomed, to make them feel appreciated. And, you know, there will be people who will come into to a church. This has happened all my life. I've seen this happen where people come in, they've never been in a church before, sit in the back row, maybe even the seat closest to the door. And what they'll do is they'll observe, they'll take a look at what's going on and They'll probably be very pleased with what they see, but ultimately what it comes down to is that person still has to get used to what? Those individuals who are in the church. So the first time in, they may come in, and and some people will try to say hello to them and make them feel welcome and make them feel encouraged, and then they'll dash out. Well, you have to understand something. Some stuff you can't control. You can't control what another person thinks, but you can still love them anyway. You can still reach out to them anyway. You can still be gracious to them anyhow. You can still say kind words to them. And I think that that's what we need to recognize here is that we still want to be kind to others and make them feel welcome. Make sure that you're doing everything that you can to treat them as partners in God's grace, partners in God's love. Um, not just fellow workers, not just people who are in the church who, well, we're all here for the same reason. And that's true. We are. We're all here to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're, all, we're there to do it together. There is something about, uh, even Gus mentioned in his message about, not forsaking the fellowship, getting in the church and doing so, and challenging people to make sure that they're doing that. Because if you're not getting in the church and you're not trying to make an effort to be involved with church, I don't care if it's online or, or in, in person. Um, honestly, in person is always best if you can do that. But if you're fellowshipping even online together, we can affirm each other here online, just like we are 
uh, in a church. It's different in person, of course. There's hugs and all that good stuff. But, but we need to make sure that we're understanding the fellowship is really, really important here. We don't want to forsake the fellowship. That's what it says in the Word. And I encourage you to pass this on and spread this message to others as well, too. And understand something. This, uh, this, uh, because we are online, this is on a podcast, and people will get to hear stuff like this and share this with others when they listen to it as well, too, which is very, very important. We have to continue to share that God's grace is what gets us through, and we need to teach that. We need to recognize that. We would not be who we are today if it was not for his grace, and that is what we have to recognize here. Now go back to verse 19, well, verse 18. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, and I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Well, yeah, Paul did kind of mention it. <laughs> because Paul is the one who brought Philemon to Christ, okay? And so the, the the line there, I don't know if it was written humorously or not, but but ultimately what it comes down to is that Paul is saying, uh, Philemon, hey, listen, I, you know the Lord Jesus Christ because uh, we had that conversation I, and I gave you, told you what you need to do to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and so that's that. So he's kind of telling him, <laughs> I, I really want you to do this for Onesimus. I want you to welcome him back, but, and just remember that, you know, where you were before you knew me. <laughs> so that's kind of how it's being de- delivered there. I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Well, that's and that's an, and that's an exclamation point too. He wrote that with emphasis. Um, Paul genuinely loved Onesimus. Paul showed his love by personally guaranteeing payment for any stolen goods or wrongs for which Onesimus might be responsible. And so Paul was investing his life in this new believer, and certainly that encouraged and strengthened Onesimus's faith. That's what we need to see here too. Are there young believers who you need to demonstrate such self-sacrifice toward them? Be grateful when you could invest in the lives of others, helping them with Bible study, prayer, encouragement, support, and friendship. That's why we get together. That's why we fellowship. We need to encourage those younger believers. They need to see examples, examples that Paul represents, examples that Philemon represents, in what it is to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, servant leader of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a lot of people who want to be leaders, but they don't want to be servants. You've got to be a servant leader of Christ. You have to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what's really important here. And back to verse 19, Philemon owed his soul to Paul, meaning that Paul had led Philemon to Christ. I, that's what. That's why he wrote what he wrote. And he was hoping that in Paul's appeal to Philemon that he would have a debt of gratitude for what Paul had done for him. And he would repay by accepting Onesimus with a spirit of forgiveness. So he did that. That is what we understand that actually happened. Was he still a bondservant for Philemon? Uh, by all accounts, yes, he was. He was still a bondservant. But now we have a different relationship between the two. Not one of mistrust or uh, in any way uh, where we we're looking at a situation where things have deteriorated that forced Onesimus to run away in the first place. Now we're looking at a different relationship. Let me ask you something. Is your relationship with Jesus Christ making you a different person and you have a different relationship because of your knowledge of Christ? That is exactly what this is all about. You have a before life 
and you have a life today where there is a truly a difference in how you have relationships with people, how you interact with people, how you talk to people. Um, cuss words aren't flying out of your mouth, uh, hopefully, <laughs> every day. You're, you're talking in a, in a way where you're uh, having communication with a person who is upli- you're uplifting them, you're encouraging them. These are all things that we should be doing as believers, no matter where you come from. So I'm trusting that you're doing those very things. Okay, we're going to wrap this up pretty quickly here because the last part of this text is about more uh, about what you what it needs to happen as far as preparation. But we need to see first of all that um, there are some names mentioned further down in the passage. If you go down to verse uh, 23, verse 21, it was more about preparing a room for him because supposedly he was going to be released from prison at some point. And you go down to verse 23. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So does Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. Now, you might remember we went back in 2 Timothy that there's one name in that group that was uh, at one point he was helping the Lord uh, and helping the Lord through serving Paul. And that was Demas. And, of course, this was written prior to when Demas left him. So we know who Mark is. We know Mark very well what he did. Mark had accompanied Paul and Barnabas on their journey, and Mark, of course, was the author of uh, the Gospel of Mark. And then we see Luke is also mentioned here, and Luke was the one who accompanied Paul on his third missionary journey. He was the writer of the Gospel of Luke and also wrote in Acts. So Demas was the one who was faithful to Paul for a while, but he eventually departed. That's in deserted him. That's in 2 Timothy 4.10. So you see, this is not always in chronological order when we read about these letters, but they are written here for a reason and a purpose, but the purpose was not to dwell on what Demas was doing. We recognize that there are people who are going to serve for a little while for a season, and then something will happen where they uh, either there's a change of heart, change of mind, whatever it is, and they depart. But ultimately what it comes down to is that you, you welcome those who serve the Lord Jesus Christ and do so with sincerity. Um, and I trust that you understand the most important part of this message here is about Paul urging Philemon to be reconciled to his slave, receiving him as a brother and a fellow member of God's family. Reconciling. Reconciliation. That is the key here. To reconcile is to reestablish a relationship. And there are moments when we frankly have to reconcile with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We've got to reestablish it. We've got to get back uh, in a place where we are having fellowship with the Lord because we're, we've either been involved in sin and we're not doing what we should be doing. And we need to understand something, that God plays no favorites. He plays no favorites. He expects everyone to be reconciled to him. And this helps us to be able to overcome all kinds of barriers. Racial barriers, social status, sex personality differences, all these different things. Christ can break down any barriers that exists when we look to him. He is the one who allows us to reconcile with him. So Jesus Christ had changed Onesimus' relationship with Philemon from slave to brother. And so Christ can transform most hopeless relationships into deep and loving relationships. I appreciate all the conversations over the the weekend and last few days about Juneteenth and what it represents. What does Juneteenth really represent? It's a celebration. It's a jubilee. It's a celebration of freedom. And ultimately what that should do is should be a unifying message for everybody. 
that we are free in Christ indeed. Amen? And so we need to recognize that that is what this is all about. And some people didn't take the message of Juneteenth the same way. Um, I'm not talking about whites either. I'm talking about blacks. I mean, there were people who were struggling with it. Uh, They were actually struggling with this whole thing that was taking place. But we need to go back to what the root of the message really is. The root of the message is it's a celebration of freedom. And, and it's not patronizing in any way, shape, or form. We, we need to recognize that. And so with that in mind, okay, so there's a holiday. Great. So the bottom line, what's the message? The message is reconciliation. The message is acknowledging um, that there were things that were happening in, in the past um, that we certainly aren't proud of or we don't like. That's true for all of us too, by the way, uh, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, whether we are slave or free, there are things that, uh, slaves were doing that they shouldn't have been proud of, and there were things that free people were doing they shouldn't be proud of. You know why? Because we're all in the flesh. We all have a responsibility to have a master. He is our savior. He is the one who delivers us um, from our fleshliness. He delivers us, and we and he keeps us on the path of looking at reconciling with him as we reconcile with others. Amen? That's the message that we always want to take away from what is being said here when Paul is addressing Philemon. Okay, we're going to close because we need to get going here. Uh, But we thank you for being with us this morning. I hope that this message uh, is helpful for you. I hope uh, if you have any questions, uh, leave them online. Just uh, ask questions and we'll be happy to answer them for you. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for your teaching. Lord, we have dealt with hard truths in life. And we recognize that things aren't always the way we want them to be and that things are, are not always pleasant. And we recognize that we are a people who live in the flesh. And we need you, Lord, to help us to overcome all those things. Whether we've been mistreating people or treat people have been mistreating us, we look to you for grace, for peace, for understanding, and for your power to help unite people. We thank you, Lord, for the message of freedom. We thank you for helping us to understand that there is freedom in our relationship with you. Not just freedom here on earth, but freedom in you. Help us, Lord, to be able to speak to others and be kind to them, be courteous, be generous. We thank you for helping us to even fulfill a prayer of meeting our neighbors, the people in our neighborhoods, and sharing God's love to them. We thank you for all these things. We thank you, Lord, for your patience as we try to fulfill those very things right now. We thank you for helping us to overcome fleshliness. We just give you the praise and thanks for all that you're doing. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen, everybody. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. We are going to sign off, head to Akron for church, for Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Uh, Once again, happy birthday, Laura. Take care of yourself. We hope to see you down there. Um, God bless you all. Jackie, you stay safe too. Take care of yourself. We'll see you guys soon. We'll see you next time. We'll be starting a new study next week. Thanks again.